902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company tap room opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. The Wager Pager podcast is also brought to you by Kingpin.pro. Do you want to stop losing all your money at sports betting? Kingpin.pro has the top cappers on the planet. Our cappers compete with each other to prove who is the best. Our top capper has a 61% win rate with over 400 plus picks. He's up to $25,000. Stop following handicappers with no records. Follow the best college football, NFL, Major League Baseball cappers on www.kingpin.pro. Download the Kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app and use the promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER to get a special discount. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager Pod, where we talk sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter, at WagerPagerChris, and please follow the pod on IG and Twitter, at the Wager Pager. This is Season 2, Episode 6, recording live from Van Borst Film Studio here in Hoboken, New Jersey. That's right, we're coming to you from our home state of New Jersey that won the battle against the Supreme Court and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. What do you know? Another great show for you guys today, or at least we think it is. We got Ryan Real Money Kramer, co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast, calling in to talk Danny Dimes mania and much more. And we got part two of our exclusive interview with Captain Jack Andrews. College football week five, seriously, is the season almost halfway over, and NFL week four picks coming your way. And, of course, joining me, as usual, my guy, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, the man with 31 betting outs, and someone who knows his way around the sports book. here he is, resident fan duel paparazzi, Brock Landers. What's up, Chris? Thanks for that wonderful introduction, and everybody listening can follow me on Twitter, at BrockLanders41. How you been, Chris? Long time no see. We were hanging out at FanDuel last Friday, and it was uh, a fun time. we got to do that more often. Good times, as usual. Seeing a lot of freaks out there, a lot of different characters. I think uh, Brock snapped a picture of a guy in his uh, pajamas, Florida State licensed pajamas. <laughs> oh, people were loving that one on Twitter. I got a lot of replies for that guy. And uh, I think, actually, there was somebody that I, I recently just followed who's never, I guess, been there, but he must have been from Vegas or something, so it came up on my timeline. He found a guy who had binoculars all the way in the back of the sports book <laughs> looking at the TVs in the TV lounge. And I put I put on there, I said, only at the duel are you going to find people like this. It's crazy. The the, the amount of people that, that go there and the weirdos that you see there on a nightly basis is, is you can't you can't compare it to anything else. Just classic, classic stuff. We had a couple uh, add-on plays, you could say, to our card. Uh, we I hit uh, USC plus three and a half. 
We were on the over-under. I think Brock pushed. I, I of course, lost by the hook because I got in too late. The, the game fell exactly on 53. The number was, of course, 53. Yeah, that was a wild one. And that's where, you know, you have those 31 outs. You'll find one of those, you know? <laughs> right on, dude. Did you hear about uh, the quarterback from Houston, the Eric King? He's taking a non-injury-forced redshirt year. He's sitting out because the team's 1-3, and three, and they think maybe he's going to like wait to play next year with a better team or possibly even transfer. Some controversial stuff. Wow. That that seems like a tremendous risk, though, also in itself. And I feel like that would maybe bring uh, some teams to maybe be like, this guy's you know, got something a little not there in the, in the same spectrum. But I guess if he's trying to further himself, I guess uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I don't know if he's trying to you know, further his draft stock or whatnot, but yeah, kind of weird. I was a fan of the kid. We'll see what happens with him. I don't know if you caught Saturday night, that Pac-12 after dark thriller between uh, Washington State and UCLA. They were down like 32 points in the third quarter, and they came back to win 63-60. to That's insane. I was going to say, that was the game where they scored like, what, almost 120, something like that? Yeah, dude. Oh, Imagine if you had the under in that game. You would just probably reevaluate your entire life and gambling and sports and if you're even, you know thinking about doing this or how about the opposite what if you had one of those crazy action bets on that where oh my uh, God. you know you have the over and it's a thousand dollars every time you're over uh, another point i would be like escape from new jersey at that <laughs> point um yeah dude it was nuts i actually fell asleep during the first half just because i thought it was a blowout or you know somewhat into the third quarter i woke up in the middle of the night smoke a little bowl, you know, check Twitter, and I see everyone's blowing blowing up about it. And I'm like, what is going on? So I go back to ESPN, and I watch the replay, you know, like the replay when they got, like, Matt Barry. And this is Matt Barry, and you're watching Washington State versus Arizona State. And for time purposes, we're moving along quickly. Like It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to watch It's like the, the recap game. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it uh-huh. goes quicker. So I, I ended up catching the second half at, like, 4 in the morning on my couch. Uh-huh. I'm wearing headphones just like this. <laughs> I'm at my parents' house, and they got these headphones, so, so you don't wake anyone up while you're watching TV and shit. And uh-huh. just, I was just going nuts. It was honestly, if you're an offensive football fan like I am, mm-hmm. it's one of the best games I ever saw in my life. There wasn't any defense being played whatsoever, but it was just back, forth, back, forth, punt returns for touchdowns, interceptions, fumbles. It was crazy. And UCLA is a mess, right? I mean, that's what they're—that's the consensus right now. It's pretty much uh, Chip Kelly and uh, USC, uh, UCLA. I'm sorry are, uh, you know, just not in a good, good place right now, right? Not at all. Not in the first three games. It looks, we'll see what happens going forward. That uh, QB looked unbelievable. Moving over to the NFL side of things, uh, bye-bye Minshew Mania. Hello, Danny Dimes. I don't know about goodbye Minshew Mania. I mean, he played pretty damn well against the Titans. And uh, I, I guess I could see what you're saying, though. The rookie quarterback thing, uh, you know, Daniel Jones obviously lived up to uh, the hype for the first start there. And uh, I'm really hoping he saves my fantasy team. Could really use some help there. Uh, a lot of problems at the quarterback position for me. But I watched that whole game, and, and he played great. I mean, that was the spark that they needed. I think nothing, you know, sky's the limit. I mean, we were all waiting for this to happen. It's happened. The You know, the change is in place. Um, I, I think he played a great game. But let's not forget, too, the Giants did luck out in the end. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, he guided them to victory. Winston threw it right down the field, got into field goal position. They should have won that game. Unfortunately, um, you know, things happen. But I'm sure as a Giants fan, you'll take the W and you'll take the, uh, 
the chartering of a new era here with Daniel Jones. Of course, of course. I was going nuts. I'll always remember where I was the day that Daniel Jones, the legend of Daniel Jones, was created. No, that's a fair point. I know what you mean. Uh, that guy could have easily hit that field goal. But maybe I'll put it on them. I don't know if you heard Bruce Arians. He said he actually took that delay of game penalty on purpose to Saw move that. themselves back extra five yards because he thought they would be too close. Yeah, that's interesting. So, a little karma maybe there, and I would also say that that same kicker did miss two extra points in the first half. He so, did, right. You know, trending uh, towards a bad day and ended in a bad day. Uh, a lot of people talking about the NFL being too boring to watch now. What are your feelings about this? Are there too many penalties, too much laundry on the field? What do you think? Doc? I'll be honest. The, the primetime games that everybody watches have really been a bore this entire season, and I could see it. Yeah, the officiating is pretty bad, and now, too, you get these teams without these quarterbacks with all these injuries that have been going on, and you're getting a lot of crappy football to watch, unfortunately. But that's why you go out on a 1 o'clock or a 4 o'clock to your local bar, take a look at all the games. You'll find one that's enjoyable. I thought the Bucks game was very enjoyable over this past weekend, and uh, I watched a little bit, too, of the uh, Kansas City-Baltimore uh, game. That was great, back and forth pretty much right till the end, and even the, uh, the Indy game. Look, if you watch enough football, you're going to watch the ones where there are bad calls and stuff like that. And I do understand it's it's a more offensive-oriented league and you can't hit anybody and all that type of stuff. But that's just the direction that they're going. It's still fun to go out for football and watch the games. But, yeah, I, I, I could totally see why people are complaining about it. The The primetime games have been kind of a snoozer. Uh, the Cleveland game was was pretty good, though, I thought. That went right down to the wire. Another game where you can question some coaching there. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, yeah. he's got all of his timeouts, gets all the way down to the 10-yard line and throws four straight times, but on fourth and nine, draws up a, a draw play that gets nowhere. I don't, you know, a lot of bonehead stuff out there, Chris. Yeah, I think a little too much on old uh, Freddie Kitchens' plate. Last year when he was just the offensive coordinator, things uh, looked to be going a lot smoother now that he's, you know, running the show. The other thing is, too, I think with that Cleveland team, they were, someone brought this up, and I totally think it's it's really happening now. Last year... Fired Hugh Jackson after those couple games. And then the whole team just kind of united. They were waiting for that to happen. They knew they really weren't going to go anywhere. They wanted to see what they had. And they're playing very loose, I think, for Greg Williams, you know? They kind of opened things up. And then this year they make the trade for OBJ and they get a couple other pieces. And now, uh, you know, they're expected to to take over and, and win out. And we're not seeing that right now. The Cleveland's got some problems for sure. Right on. I, uh, Brock specializes in Major League Baseball betting, and I saw something interesting today on ESPN, actually. Uh, it was an article that talked about the benefits of baseball players playing quarterbacks, and it was highlighting Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. And it was very interesting. They're talking about uh, the, the benefits of, of them knowing how to slide and the way that they can uh, throw at all different angles and stuff and, and, and their foot movement when they're turning double plays and stuff like that. Same yeah. kind of moving around in the pocket. It was pretty interesting. I could see that. And take a look at Patrick Mahomes. His father was a baseball player. Kid did the same thing. You see those sidearm throws and stuff like that. And, and he's the complete package. That kid can do it all. And he's a lot of fun to watch. But I could definitely see the correlation there. Baseball, you know, you, you do need a brain to play baseball. A lot of people think you just sit out there and wait till the ball gets hit. But... You know, there's a lot of thinking in that. Really, any sport, people don't realize that. And also, too, there's a big correlation with uh, baseball and golf, uh, very similar uh, into those approaches and being a, a mental game, really, at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting study. And, th and those guys are all smart dudes. Russell Wilson's a super smart dude. 
Oh yeah, dude. They uh, actually they mentioned Mahomes too. I think yeah, uh, he got drafted uh, to play Major League Baseball too. But they were trying to push him more to be like a power hitter, and I think he really wanted to be a pitcher like his dad. Mm-hmm. So he ended up uh, choosing football too. Well, it's worked out pretty well for him. Thank God he did. All right, guys, we got a lot more football talk coming your way later in our pick segment. But let's keep the show moving and uh, on to Captain Jack Part Two. All right, Captain Jack, we know you're out there always hunting for the best promos in the state of New Jersey. Are there any good promos going on right now that the people should be taking advantage of? We still have some really good promos uh, to sign up for new accounts. So if you haven't signed up for all the sports books in New Jersey, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, I have a feeling that most recreational bettors are using just one sports book. You know, they signed up at DraftKings, they just use DraftKings. They signed up at William Hill, they just use William Hill. And that's you know, you don't have to be super sharp, but if you were to expand your line shopping and bring in other sports books into your kind of portfolio of betting options, you sharpen yourself greatly. And with these sign-up promos, it's kind of, you know, a no-brainer. You go ahead and, you know, get the sign-up promo, max it out as much as you can, and don't overextend yourself. But, you know, so if the promo's for 500 and you can really only afford to put 200 just put 200 it's still, it's still a positive EV situation. And go ahead and do this for all these different shops all around the state because, like I said, come springtime, we might have less than 18 sports books available to us. So go ahead and do this now while you can. Get your money. And then you kind of use that as kind of line shopping. So, you know, if you like to bet the Giants – Check the price out at all the different sports books. You're going to find one that's going to be different than the others, and uh, that's where you should make your bet. It's it's as simple as that. I can definitely confirm that you are 100% correct after running uh, that week one exercise <laughs> with downloading all of them and looking at the different lines. Just to kind of get back into the whole app game and how, you know, depositing money into each one, I think there's this connotation that people think that if they just have one sports book, they're going to just donate this $200 to play and they're going to turn 200 into, you know, 2,000. Uh, can you kind of explain as someone who's been doing this for a long time that it's really not the way it works, is that you just make one deposit and ride it all the way out? Yeah, you know, that's a good point, Brock, because uh, sports betting and any kind of gambling, really, is it's a hard way to make an easy living, especially if you're betting the NFL, because nobody beats the NFL. Yeah. You know, I'll... Everybody will tell you that. Uh, Spanky probably said that as well because nobody beats the NFL. Uh, You're just pushing money back and forth. So you you really can't expect to just make one deposit and ride that out the rest of time. You know, you can do bankroll management and you can can kind of be careful with everything you do. And you should use bankroll management. You really shouldn't be betting more than 1% of what you can afford to lose uh, in any one given play. And even that is kind of generous. But the, the, the point I think you can make, though, is you know, if you're of limited funds and you deposit you – know, let's say you only have $500 to devote to this whole sports betting thing among all the sites. So you deposit 200 into one site and you're kind of gun-shy about depositing another 200 in another site because you don't have that much money to play around with. You need to understand that these sports betting sites – They'll let you deposit and cash out pretty frequently. There's no real limits on that. Some of the offshore sites that somebody, some people may have used in the past uh, might have seen you can only have two withdrawals a month and things like that, or they'll charge you for withdrawals. That's not the case here. So, you know, you can put $200 in on 
Thursday and you can make a couple $20 and $50 bets here and there. And then come Monday, you can withdraw that money back out into your bank account, especially if that'll make you feel safer in terms of uh, not going, you know, going on tilt or anything. Now, of course, there is a little delay there. So deposits will go in really quick, especially if you link your bank account in. But if you're making a withdrawal, you might expect maybe two days to get your money back, unless you do something where you withdraw at the cage, like at FanDuel, at Meadowlands, or uh, some of the you know, AC places, William Hill, will let you withdraw at their, their properties and at Monmouth. So you know, I think moving your money back and forth and moving it in and out of different, different places is very advantageous, especially if you're kind of a, a low-budget gambler. Uh, you mentioned off-air when we were talking about uh, show notes about uh, ways to kind of use these free bets and promos. Are there some techniques to uh, kind of use the free bets? Right. So, okay. So, this is this is more of an advanced play. And basically, when you have a free wager, you're capped at how much you can actually put down. So, let's just say in this case, it's $100 you can put down. So, now, if you place that on a team that's like a minus 140 favorite, you know, you're you're getting back... Uh, seventy-five dollars or so. If you win, uh, you're not getting your full hundred. That hundred goes away, and you only you wind up with your seventy-five dollars. Whereas if you place it on a team that's a like a plus one forty, then if they win, you get hundred forty dollars. Okay, so you see the difference there. Now, of course, the odds are different, right? The team that's a minus one forty favorite is a lot more likely to probability to win than the team that's plus one forty. However, if you can kind of line shop and look for situations where you find somebody that's at like plus 120 that the rest of the world might have at like even money, then, you know, that's a little bit of bonus you get on that bet. So sometimes that free wager you get, look for the positive odds. Now, if the sportsbook will let you, this is a good time to use a parlay. And you got to read the terms and conditions because some of them limit you to like maybe up to like plus 300. So you can maybe only do a two-team parlay. But that's still, you know, you're still making a... The maximum amount of expected value from your bonus bet by using it in something that's a little bit more of a longer odd situation. So these are bets you want to make in the sports book. Are there any bets that you would try to avoid in the sports book? Well, uh, speaking of parlays, uh, <laughs> you know, par- parlays are like compound interest. Anyone who's saved money understands the power of compound interest. And so with with sports betting and you have parlays, you're compounding the house edge. Now, if you have the advantage, you're compounding your advantage. If you have the disadvantage, which 99% of bettors will have, you're compounding the disadvantage. And so, you know, parlays, they seem attractive. Everyone wants to bet a little and win a lot. But truth is, parlays are usually not your best bet. Now, in terms of other things, you know, like I said, if you just do some basic line shopping, you're, you're suddenly smarter than sharper, rather. You're suddenly sharper than 90% of the people that are in a sports book just by doing line shopping. Brock will tell you, he goes to Meadowlands frequently. Everyone there is betting at FanDuel, and sometimes they're even using the app, but still betting at FanDuel. And Brock's sitting there when he's got, you know, all the other shops available to him, and he can kind of shop the lines. And if the best price is at FanDuel, he can walk up to the window. But otherwise, he can just bet it on his app. And that's how everyone else should be. Yes, go to the sports books, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the camaraderie of everyone having action on these games and seeing them on the big screen. But bring your phone, bring your tablet, and go ahead and shop around those prices before you jump into the, the, the lines that are on the window. You touched on earlier how hard it is to beat NFL sides and NFL in general uh, year after year, how hard it is. Are there sports that you completely avoid like NFL? I mean, I'm sure you probably still dabble here and there in it and whatnot, but are there 
you know, sports that you recommend people kind of watch themselves with? Is there stuff that you say you should start doing this instead? And also, too, so much, I'm sure, as you've seen over time, the, the derivative market. Uh, with the props and first halves and all that type of stuff, uh, there might be more money to be made in some of those type of markets than there is in the normal pre-flop stuff. Exactly. Nobody can beat every sport. You know, man, I, I don't think there's enough hours in the day to to successfully handicap every sport. Not, not only that, to successfully handicap every sport that's available to on any given betting day, okay? There, it's just not possible. You really need to pick your sport. And you need to understand that the more popular a sport is, the more efficient that market is going to be just because there's more money being funneled into it. It's the wisdom of the crowds, right? You're going to find the sharpest number because all these people have kind of hammered it into place. So if you have a sport, I'll use the example of the WNBA, which doesn't have a huge following. Uh, there is a good chance you can find information on the WNBA that's not out there elsewhere. I think Spanky had an angle that he talked about. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember. But um, but the point of it being is you can find this information and the betting market's not as big and you can get your money in there. But you can't get a lot of money in there. So if you're a guy that's you know topping out a two $300 bet, then, well, yeah, WNBA might be a good good choice for you to kind of handicap and, and study. You know, the nice thing about New Jersey is is we have a lot of derivatives, right? We have uh, everything's available under the sun to bet on. And so if you can just kind of pick your niche, right, you can just find something here uh, that you can maybe model. Even if you don't model it, maybe you just understand it better than most. Um, you can bet on, you know, pitcher strikeouts. You can bet on by the inning. And with football, you can bet on player props. And maybe you're a DFS guy and you always did well with DFS. Well, DFS, now you have props and you have all these different props and you have different ways to bet these props. So go ahead and, and use your knowledge to, to beat props. Uh, I'm sure you probably can if, you're, if you have a good DFS knowledge. You know, there's just so many different things. And I think it's a really good point to stress to people just because a bet is there doesn't mean you have to bet it. In other words, you know, there was a game Monday night, a big football game Monday night, and uh, I didn't really have an opinion on it. So I didn't bet it. Now, when I'm watching the game and I see Trevor Simeon go down and it looks almost like a Joe Theismann type of situation, oh, I jumped on Cleveland as much as I could, but the books also adjusted really quick. And actually, I think the Jets played better after that happened anyway. So, But that's the sort of thing. And, and you know, that's another angle. You can bet the in-game and you can follow the game and you can look for little things. Uh, this Sunday I was watching and I saw Ben Roethlisberger flexing his arm after after throwing a pass. And I was like, yikes. And I, <laughs> I grabbed uh, Seattle plus three and a half at that point. You nice. Know? So it it's all about, you know, observational techniques. And, you know, you don't need to have a big spreadsheet just to um, – to beat these things, and you can kind of just follow just a, a small segment. I know guys that focus on just one conference in college basketball, you know, maybe the A10 conference or something like that, and they just they study everything about those teams and all the changes they made in the off season. And you know, yeah, there's 270 some college teams playing college basketball. Uh, it's impossible to handicap them all, but it is possible to focus on maybe just 10, 12 teams and uh, and go from there. So it sounds like you are invested in the live betting market. That's something we like to touch on with with most of our guests, since it is a, a new way to bet. Uh, well, newer to most. How how much um, are you doing live betting, and how much do you see yourself doing it in the future? I do a fair amount of live betting, but I don't want it to dominate my night. I had an angle last year that I was betting for baseball, and it was starting to dominate my night. Basically, from 7 p.m. till the West Coast games ended, I was 
you know, staring at a screen that was constantly me throwing bets at me that, you know, it wanted me to make. And it, it got to be too much. And uh, especially with baseball being the grind that it is. So I, I tend now to kind of shy away from that. And I just want to use uh, in-game betting to kind of augment my experience. So, you know, I'll put the Red Zone channel on on a Sunday afternoon and I'll watch that and, uh, you know, sometimes make a bet from that. Um, if I'm if I'm watching Sunday night or Monday night football, I'll probably get a bet in there just because I'll see something that I'll I'll kind of angle on. There's a new service, Deck Prism Sports. I don't know if you guys have seen this. This is Ed Miller and Matthew David Al, the guys that wrote Logic of Sports Betting. They have this uh, in-game model that they're trying to sell to sports books, and so their their method of trying to sell it is to put it out there for the public for all the betters to go and beat the sports books using it, <laughs> so that the sports books then go, well, we got to get this model to stop these guys from hammering us, right? So uh, deckprismsports.com, I'm not a paid affiliate of them, um, but it seems like it's a good deal, and they monitor two or three uh, games each each Sunday, and as well as college. And, you know, you can sign a, see some spots, some inefficiencies. Now, it's their model versus the sportsbooks model. So it's kind of you're not it's not like the universal truth that you're getting. You're just getting maybe somebody's better opinion. So when I see that there may be three points off on a total, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that. And uh, I would encourage your your listeners to, you know, check it out as well. To get back to points betting, don't mean to, to plug them or anything like that, but they do have, you know, the unique, you know, angle that they took when they entered market here with the whole, you know, if you take a team, you know, plus seven and they win the game by 17, you get a bonus for all the points that they scored. It's pretty funny. I remember hearing a story about Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang were doing that with just a recreational bookie in the 90s, and now it's come to this thing where it's it's an actual app. Do you think you'll see other sports books start copying that? Is that just a, a gimmick kind of for points betting only? Do they own any type of patent on any of that type of stuff? Do you know anything about that? I've talked to them a, quite a bit about points betting and about kind of its popularity. And, uh, you know, I, I showed up in an ESPN story about a week ago about that big $600,000 win because apparently I made the first points betting bet in New Jersey. Yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't even realize that. But uh, And it, the, the crazy thing about it, it was it was a total degenerate moment. I, well, it wasn't degenerate. They created a, a bet that had, you could wager on how many seconds into an NBA game the first made three-pointer would be. So I created a model where I scraped the play-by-play for the past couple years of the NBA, and I was able to utilize that model already and find out you know, how quickly some teams shot a three-pointer. And I found there was a wide discrepancy between uh, various teams on when they attempt their first three-pointer. So therefore, you know, the, the average three-pointer is uh, 30% successful. And you know, I thought I had a really good model, a really sound model. And one of the first nights I was looking at this bet – uh, the two teams that were the, the worst in the, the NBA were playing each other. I think it was Atlanta and Cleveland. And they, they you know, they attempted the, the slowest three-pointer, I guess you could call it. There was furthest into the game. And I thought, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for this. You know, I'm going to bet $20 a, uh, a second. Well, you, you don't really understand how much of a sweat that is when you're watching a game and it's coming down to $20 a second, five seconds, that's $100, 10 seconds, $200, and you're like, <laughs> So uh, it just so happens I, I didn't have to sweat it too long because they shot a three-pointer and made it like, I want to say 34 seconds into the game, and I had over 165 seconds. So I lost like 120 times my bet, which was $2,200 or so. So my initial... My initial introduction to points betting was pretty bad, but I, I like the product. I think it's innovative. 
I hope it encourages other operators to say, okay, how can we change the dynamic of how the, the paradigm of how sports betting is done? You know, is is betting on sides and totals is that kind of passe now? Is there is there a better way to do this? And uh, I think it will. I think they're going to come up with other ideas. You know, hey, I'm going to say something nice about DraftKings again here. They have pools each week. You can bet into a, like an office pool type of thing each week. And you can do it with like props. They have a pool of props that you can bet. I think that's a nice little casual thing, you know, because not everybody understands minus 110 and sides and totals and half times. But they understand the old office pool. And, you know, they're going to go ahead and put $10 in there and hope they're the best out of this pool of people of maybe – 100 people that go into this and maybe they'll win. Um, that's, a, that's a sort of innovative thing. Uh, I was contacted by a guy who's trying to do squares. You know how you do Super Bowl squares? You know, oh, really? Where, well, he's got a whole product that he's trying to sell um, where it's, it's squares on any NFL game. And then there's like a secondary market, sort of like prop swap, where if you have good numbers, if you've kind of lucked into the seven and the three or whatever, you can sell that on a secondary market to somebody who might. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, wow. that's more. Right? So there's all these ideas out there. Here's the thing. It's going to take a competitive market because that's what capitalism needs. It needs competition. So we need to encourage these markets to be competitive so that we get these innovations that come with these capitalistic intentions of these companies to create something that's better that nobody else has tried yet. Tremendous stuff, as usual, guys, from Captain Jack Andrews. You guys can follow him at CapJack2000 on Twitter. I'm going to go back to something we were talking about pre-show on our uh, pre-show notes you and Brock were talking about scam artists. You guys have come across some scam artists in the sports books out here in New Jersey? Yeah. I mean, I don't like to spend a lot of time in sports books. Uh, chances are I'm usually not rooting for the team that everybody else is rooting for. That's the first reason. But also there's just, you know, it's, there's an element of people that sometimes tries to scam in around sports books. And we're seeing a lot more of them. I get a lot of contacts on Twitter. People like, uh, you know, let me know if you think this is a scam. And usually when it starts out like that, it's usually a scam. <laughs> Uh, one I've one I've heard is like for MMA fights, uh, for UFC, you know, a lot of people go like to go to the sports book because you can view it for free, right? And the popular one is the guy's coach was just here like three hours ago. I saw him and he bet on the other guy. And, you know, no, that didn't happen. The telltale sign is always when they're like, you don't need to give me anything for this, but if it wins, then maybe you know, maybe a couple bucks. <laughs> And so you think you think it's a free roll, right? You don't need to give him anything. Like, well, no, he's free rolling you. Like you, he's cutting into your profits. If his fifty percent coin flip hits, you know he gets a little cut of it. And he's probably telling the same exact story to another guy, but reversing the roles. So that's one I've heard a lot about. I hear uh, a lot about people trying to sell picks, just like a tout would. Uh, you know, live in the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's always their cousin Jimmy. Uh, he's he's super hot right now. Here's this picks that he has. I'll give them to you for ten bucks. You know that sort of thing. I mean, it's it's stuff. You gotta you gotta be pretty new to to fall for some of this stuff. Uh, Brock, do you see similar stuff happening? Oh my god, all the time. There's there's the couple uh, people that are always there, and it's always the. Go go talk to this guy over there, and he just hit a, a two-team parlay to start the night, and uh, he hit the last five bets, and go talk to see what this guy says. And then he's pacing back and forth and stuff like that. But, yeah, you, you do see a lot of interesting stuff out there. Uh, but, yeah, that's actually one of my tip-offs. When I hear that there's an MMA fight or a boxing fight, I get out of there as quick as possible. <laughs> um, but to, uh, to segue uh, into something else, back into the gambling part of it, I'm not sure if you're a guy that watches a ton of the games that you bet or stuff like that, but we always ask, good beats, bad beat stories, anything come to mind uh, that, you know, just sticks out? 
you know, I try not to remember the bad beats, right? That's the best way to handle them is you just forget about them right away. Right. And likewise, I try not to get too high on on some of the good suck outs that I get. So I don't I don't think I have anything like that comes to mind. My all-timer, and I, I don't know if I've told this story to anyone else that's listening. My all-timer, though, is uh, back in the day, Jim Tomey was playing for the Cleveland Indians the, his first time there when he was really good. And uh, Bovada stuck up a prop, and they meant to put up, will Jim Tomey have over under two hits in the game? And they stuck up, will Jim Tomey have over under two home runs in the game? Which, I mean, I, I did a quick check of like his list, and he, <laughs> he had, had, had never hit three home runs in a game, and he hit two home runs in a game like the season before. But this season, and this is like, you know, probably late in the season, he hadn't hit two home runs in a game. And... As God is my witness, Jim Tomey homered in his first three at-bats in that game. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't – I don't know. That's, that's beyond probability, but it happened. Very cool. I think we're, uh, we're kind of running out of time here, but f- before we let you go, I've been uh, wanting to ask you this for a long time. What's your opinion on the current sports gambling media content that is being offered in the space, and can it be better? Yeah, uh, you know, I feel like we have a lot of repetitive content in sports betting media. You know, everyone's kind of reporting the same stories over and over again. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the biggest better at William Hill Sportsbook this week made this wager and Canner Gaming and all that. And, you know, I understand that part of it and I, I, I get that. But the repetitive stuff is that we're, we're just kind of drying up on – the actual content we're giving to users, sports bettors, that we're looking to learn. So in other words, if you go on Google and you try to find knowledge about sports betting, you're going to get steered in probably three different directions. The first is touts. Touts are going to grab you, and hopefully you're not going to fall for that. The second is you're going to get towards uh, something like the Action Network or Barstool Sports or something like that that's a little more recreational, and that's not overall horrible, um, but it's mm, it's not ideal. And the third the third direction you're going to get is stuff that has no application to sports betting. You know these these trends and things like that. That uh, really it's it's like saying if I flipped a coin ten times and t- heads came up ten times, what's the you know probability of heads on the eleventh toss? It's that sort of thing. It's 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 not really steeped in theory and and probability. So I think there's a space there where we need to find somebody, something, somewhere who's willing to talk about uh, actual knowledge and education to the sports better that's looking to find that. Uh, you know, it's it's a real gap right now. You know, there, there are things like this podcast is, is, has been a good example of, you know, you don't need to be talking about the super sharp stuff. You can just talk about the recreational stuff and kind of learn the pathway to becoming a better uh, better. We're definitely in need of something like that, and I hope we're going to see it within the next year. Uh, I'm, I've, I've kind of been working on some things as well, and I'm not just saying this to kind of toot my own horn because right now there's I'm struggling with any way that I could actually monetize it. But one of the things that I try to do when I'm on Twitter and other social media platforms is, you know, let's provide the, the voice of reason. We don't need to hate everything in the world. We also don't need to, you know, just throw things out there against the wall and hope that you come up with something that sticks. Uh, you know, so I, I try to find that medium. I try to provide content to people that they can say, oh, you know, that was useful. Thank you for that. But I'm also, you know, no one will ever find me giving a pick out. I, I'm anti-pick. I don't give any picks. You know why? Because even if I'm the greatest picker in the world, handicapper in the world, you know, 42% of the time I'm going to be wrong. And that 42% 
gambling Twitter is just going to come down on me and say, you know, look what an idiot this guy is. So uh, I'm not, I don't need that. So I don't put out any picks. I do plenty of betting, but I, I don't like to talk about the actual betting. I was down in Florida over the weekend watching the BYU game at a pool party. I still have some books I shouldn't have on my phone, and I was able to get down. Florida, no legal books. Uh, what's going on with Florida? Wow, Brock. I mean, Florida is a mess. Um, so, as you know from being down there, uh, the Seminole Indian tribe has tribal gaming rights in Florida, and they have these massive casinos in Tampa and Hollywood, Florida, and uh, Coconut Creek. And and they kind of have, between the Seminoles and Disney Corporation, they have that whole legislative body, you know, by the, you know what. Um it, it's just a mess. And so down in Florida, they also have these uh, racetracks that have casinos. And uh, the internet gaming law, the federal internet gaming law, says that if you have an Indian casino, you cannot tax it unless that Indian casino is able to offer something that the other casinos in that jurisdiction cannot. So in Florida, uh, the Seminole casinos have table games. They have um, card games, though. So, you know, you can, you can play three-card poker and four-card poker and blackjack and all that, whereas at the Racinos, uh, they actually had blackjack for a little while. They're going to get that taken away. Nobody has dice games. Nobody has roulette. Nobody has sports betting, obviously. So now the Seminoles have noticed that, wow, you know, sports betting could be extremely profitable. We want it. We don't want anyone else to have it. And the Racinos are like, come on, that's not fair, guys. Come on, give us something. So then the latest I heard is the Seminoles are like, well, you guys can have brick-and-mortar sports betting. We get to have all the mobile in the state. Well, again, see, this isn't fair to the consumer because you're taking the entire state, which is a big state. Some of them are hundreds of miles from the nearest casino, and you're going to make it all mobile, all Seminole property, one vendor. Uh, and I, I doubt they're going to pick a good vendor for you. It's not going to be good for anyone in Florida. And Florida's a massive state. It's going to be massive revenue. The casinos in Florida make, and it's just the Seminole casinos, make so much money, it, it would make Vegas blush. That property in Tampa is the number one revenue-producing casino in the U.S., wow. and it's not even close. Florida has a real mess when it comes to their gambling laws. They don't really have an easy way to overturn it. And then they just kind of had this ballot referendum last year where they put a ballot referendum that says any change we make to the gaming law in Florida has to be made via ballot referendum going forward, yes or no. And, of course, the voters all were like, oh, well, yes, that's definitely what we want because we want control. Well, previously it had been if the legislators just get you know 51% approval, then they make a change. But when it becomes a ballot referendum, now you got to wait for it to appear on a ballot and you need to get something like 70% of approval. They've just made it entirely harder for anything to change in Florida. And you know who was behind that? The Seminoles and Disney because they wanted to keep the status quo where it was. And they totally hoodwinked the Florida people, which if you spend time in Florida, that's not hard to do. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, Florida is a real mess. It's a shame because it's a huge, huge market. California is a, a big mess as well. Um, and unfortunately, those are your two biggest markets and New York. And of course, we all know the problem with New York as well. So Yeah. And I'm just going to close with you what I usually ask, you know, the professionals that we get on and then talk to for somebody starting out out there, maybe just getting involved uh, in some of these legalization states. What could you give them as far as advice, as far as like a like a trait to, to kind of follow? Is it is it discipline? Is it not, you know, bankroll management? What, like what, what's like your your best parting thing you could offer somebody just starting out? The best advice I can give anyone who's just starting out would be to read everything you can. 
even if you're not reading the best stuff. And don't don't put too much weight into any one thing you see or read. There's no bulletproof system to to find. Don't ever pay for any picks or content. Uh, you can find this all for free. You can get on Twitter and you can pretty quickly find the smart guys and dumb guys pretty quickly on Twitter. You can Google around and you're going to see a lot of crap before you get the signal. But when you find that signal, it's going to grow and it's going to grow in a lot. And don't be so quick to like want to throw your money down. It's like I said earlier, it's, it's a hard way to make an easy living. Don't put the cart before the horse. Uh, take it slow, build on it. So I've been doing this about 15 years and I really only felt like I started to get good at it in the last three or four years. So that kind of tells you right there. You know, like I had winning years and I had some good angles, but I really didn't feel like I was understanding the market and I was seeing it before it happened until just, uh, you know, three, four years ago. So it's, it's, it's a hard discipline to master and uh, take your time and, and take the path slowly. All right, guys, you heard it here first from Captain Jack Andrews. Uh, anything you want to plug before we let you ship off? Anything at all? I wish I had something to plug. Uh, it would make all this time that I waste on this stuff a lot more <laughs> profitable. But no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, just one guy talking into the wind. All right, guys, that was the one and only Captain Jack Andrews. He's a professional sports better and legal sports betting guru. You guys can follow him on Twitter at CapJack2000. Captain Jack, it was a pleasure having you here. We hope to have you back again soon. Thanks, guys. This was fun. All right, guys, our interview with Ryan Real Money Kramer is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, 902 Brewing Company. Tonight, I'm sipping on My Way India Pale Ale. It has a pretty cool uh, Frank Sinatra vibe. It's a little fedora here and uh, a compass. And on the back, it says, through it all, I brewed it my way. 902 Brewing. Chris, I'm sipping on here a red card, and actually this is a red ale. It's 6.9% alcohol, uh, 35 IBU. It's for the hooligans. Delicious stuff from 902 Brewing Co. All right, guys, and now for our interview with Ryan Kramer. All right, guys, we are very excited about this week's guest. He's a very funny dude and even better sports gambler. He's been picking every NFL game against the spread since 2011. He is the co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast, friends of the program, by the way. Here he is, Ryan Real Money Kramer. You guys can follow Kramer on Twitter, at Kramercentric. That's two words, Kramercentric. What's up, Kramer? Welcome to the Wager Pager. Love the plug. I, I rarely, of course, I, I mock myself on, on the Sports Gambling Podcast all the time. Uh, touting my own social media, but I appreciate the plug. Yeah, happy to be here. A lot, lot to talk about. Uh, man, it's, it's crazy. We're already looking at week four in the NFL. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. And before we get into anything, let me just get right to it. I'm a Giants fan, as are you. Daniel fucking Jones, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much time do we have. I, can't, I, I, don't, I was actually trying to go back in my life and think about moments of excitement in, as being, being a Giants fan, specifically around a quarterback. And just the fact that he's mobile. I guess how many times have we had to watch Eli see someone coming and just cradle with a fall to the ground like a baby uh, falling into that Eagles fan's hand uh, over the weekend? Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. He's athletic. He, he uh, unfortunately he went to a private school. 
Uh, he went to Duke. That's not. I'm, I'm turning the corner on that, but man, he he did everything that Eli couldn't, and the team. I'm excited, and that's with Saquon being out for probably eight weeks. So, yeah, Kramer's uh, famous for not being a big fan of the private school pussies, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a public school guy. Right on, dude. Right on. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll keep on the, the topic here. Uh, what's up with this Daniel Scones character Sean was telling us about? Oh, man. Well, you know, if you listen to the Sports Gambling Podcast, you know that me and Sean both love brunch. And he's just a fellow brunch enthusiast. Also happens to have a really awesome name. And I think he plays quarterback to the New York Giants now. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny shit, man. I noticed he's out there calling out that, that other dude, Lieutenant Daniel Jones. What's up with this guy? He's yeah. trying to like bite the same shtick as Captain Andrew Luck. This shit's tired, bro. Oh man, it's so funny because I actually went down an internet wormhole a little bit, and there's all sorts of parody accounts. I don't know if you've come across the Jacoby Brissett one, but that's uh, it. Just works better with Andrew Luck. It, that 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 whole notion of a Civil War captain was perfect. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones. He's much more likely to be spotted at the brunch table. So, <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah, I'm much more of a Daniel Scones guy myself. All right, let's uh, get into a little bit of your background here. How did you first get involved with sports betting yourself? I mean, I'm from Jersey, so that, that's probably the, the origin of that story. I'm 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 from Jersey. I'm Italian, and uh, I'm from Jersey. So from an early age, we had a guy, right? Uh, I remember. Um, I don't know, probably high school age, maybe freshman, just we would all pool our money together. I mean, we'd put 50 down on a game. And uh, if we, if we won, we would go and collect our 50 from the, the, like the diner along route 22. <laughs> and if we lost, we would, we would bring him 60. So we were laying 120, which is bullshit in hindsight, but that, that's how it all got started back in the, the, the mean streets of New Jersey. Those damn bookies, man. You'll never, never learn, right? <laughs> no, and in fact, I, I mean, being from the East Coast, I didn't realize that that just wasn't normal part of culture until I moved out west and realized that I, I was the one that may have a gambling problem. Everyone else is <laughs> like, "What do you mean you have a book? What do you mean you bet on all the games?" So, <laughs> definitely an adjustment when I left the Northeast. Right on, dude. Uh, all right, let me ask you: What do you enjoy most about doing the podcast? Uh, I mean, the funny answer is it's, uh, it's, it's honestly the only time, like me and Sean have known each other for a long time and we have our most honest conversations when we're rolling. <laughs> most of the conversations you hear, you would never hear me and Sean have if the, if the mics weren't on. Uh, so I would say that plus just the, the idea that we can uh, effectively, we can recreate the conversation that you have with your buddies talking about the games and then i mean that's that's the fun part is hearing feedback that people like our show simply because we sound like normal people talking about games like normal people do dude i totally agree that's one of the reasons why i got wrapped into the show to begin with i was telling sean you guys definitely inspired me to start the wager pager and just like sometimes me and brock are sitting here before we start rolling and i'm like dude no, let's just stop let's stop talking right now and, and you'll know, save it for when the the red light is flashing so i know exactly what you mean man let me ask you how did you guys end up getting legendary coach mike leach to appear on the podcast from washington state i might add why mike leach yeah you know a lot of our random you know, celebrity or not celebrity but big name uh, 
crossover has kind of been happenstance. And in this case, um, uh, Colby Dant, who I believe has been a guest on your show as well, the Dantabase. The Dantabase. Who he covers college uh, football for us, and he's an absolute maniac when it comes <laughs> to just his his want to create free content. And so he he in the off season he write, he was writing up all these list articles, and he just wrote an article top coaches in the country, and Mike Leach was the number one coach. Well, uh, the sports information director for Washington State reached out and uh, basically said, hey, Coach Leach would love to come on your podcast. <laughs> so, That's awesome. It, it, which, you know, he's the perfect coach to come on to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Seriously. He's a, little, he's a little off kilter. He's willing to have a conversation that isn't just coach speak. I mean, like, look, we're not going to have Bill Belichick on the show. That's not going to be very interesting. But Mike Leach came on. He talked about Bigfoot as a two-way player. He's he gave us his breakdown of the Pirate Final Four, and and I'm sure you've seen his recent viral video, which was uh, him breaking down the mascots in the Pac-12. He's yeah. just an interesting character, and it, it's kind of grown into a relationship. And rumor has it we may be going up to uh, take taking a game from the sidelines on the what? invitation of Coach Leach. So uh, it's it's really blossomed into a relationship. That's so sick, Matt. That's really awesome it stuff, is. Kramer. And you know what? You asked me about the pie. Like, what's cool about the podcast? Like, that's the coolest shit about the podcast. Definitely, man. Definitely. And uh, speaking of your podcast, what's your studio like? It looks so awesome in the pictures that we see. Dare, dare I pull back the curtain all the way? But uh, it's my garage. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I recently bought, I bought a house a couple years back and kind of told myself, like, the next, when I finally buy a place, like, the garage is getting turned into an office slash studio slash place I'm going to watch games. So, yeah, essentially we, we, we took some time and we did it right. And uh, I'm glad you think it looks good because that, that was the intent. Like, just, you know, there's something cool about the, the checkered uh, sound dampening foam with some pictures. And, and if, I'm sure you've seen pictures on our social media at Gambling Podcast on Twitter. Uh, of of the the four TV setup I now have uh, for Sunday, so yeah, really kind of went all in on, on on spending a little bit of dough, doing it right for years. Uh, Sean and I have been kind of doing whether it was uh, his bedroom or this little one car closet garage thing. Uh, we were doing it half ass a lot, and so we finally said, let's do it right. And uh, yeah, there you there you have it. And and you know honestly. And that, that's, that's something that I think a lot of podcasts don't focus on, but just a little bit of work around that sound uh, is, is key to getting people to listen. I totally agree, man. We're in, we're in our new studio this year in uh, season two, and we can totally see the difference. We used to record in my freaking closet last season. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned uh, social media. Uh, who runs the social media account for you guys? Is that you? Because it's fucking funny as hell. Oh, yeah. You know, I wish I could take credit for the social media. I'm definitely the old guy in the crowd. Um, uh, I definitely contribute. I think Twitter is is probably more of a collaborative effort between me and Sean. Sean probably doing the majority. Instagram, if you like our Instagram feed, I have nothing to do with it. So all the credit to Sean and Colby. That's their thing. Um, I, I may post a thing every couple weeks. But uh, Twitter, I'm definitely on there. And when things are going well, uh, when, they, when there's stuff to chatter about, I'm definitely involved. And, and I, I feel like we've really stepped our social game up this year. So uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. 
Yeah, Kramer, the first time I was actually exposed to the show, uh, Chris here sent me a video of the time that you guys uh, passed around the smelling salts, and I was dying. <laughs> tell us a little about that. Oh, well, we um, we enjoy our hilarious, uh, hilarious to make fun of NFL head coaches. So Adam Gates is near the top of those power rankings. And if you didn't <laughs> see it, that, that uh, the video of him doing the smelling salts, uh, I believe it's from this preseason, it's just glorious, right? And uh, smelling salts in general, it's a football thing. It's a manly thing. Uh, as you know, Sean, myself, we're real men. We're about to pick football games. So we said, you know, it'd be funny if we, if we kicked off the season by doing this with smelling salts. <laughs> and, of course, myself and Sean are always up for, uh, for, for trying new things. <laughs> and so we, Sean found them on Amazon, I believe. And we, we just said, fuck it, let's do it. And, man... I will say, if you've never done it, it's worth a try. But it's also, like, be careful. Like, it's almost, I'd put it in the same category as Everclear. That first time you have a, you have, you smell Everclear, just like a shot of it. Yeah. That's what I felt like. My brain was on fire. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Uh, Ryan Kramer, you can, you can follow him on Twitter, at Kramercentric. Uh, no stranger to putting things up his nose, including smelling salts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us, you mentioned NFL coaches. I got a kind of funky out-of-the-box question here for you. If there was a Royal Rumble with all 32 NFL head coaches, like WWF style, who would win and why? Wow. Uh, I mean, if it was wrestling style, I feel like Gruden would be around at the end just because of the gimmick. He'd have some sweet, like, off-the-top rope, like, using his chin drop situation. Like, he would be the, he would definitely be one of the celebrities. Um Belichick would be the heel. He definitely wouldn't win, but he would be around to the end. He might do something shady. Maybe he's cheating in some capacity. Uh, Andy Reid, you got to look out for Andy Reid. He's the big. He's the big guy that's gonna he'd probably sit on some people's heads. Maybe throw him out of the ring, but he can't win either because he's just not. He's not. He doesn't have that sex appeal. Uh, so, I'll be honest. I'm gonna go a little out of left field here, and I'm gonna give you two options. One. Pete Carroll, he's got the energy. I, I guarantee that guy can cut a promo like no other, and I think he would be a crowd favorite. We all saw him take the shirt off and show off in front of DK Metcalf. Um, but the realistic answer is probably Doug Marone, and I think someone – I forget who pointed this out on Twitter when Jalen Ramsey and him were having their alterca altercation. I think it might have been one of the uh, friends of the show, Spread Investor. Right on. Doug Marone – Six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds, or something like that. Maybe even taller. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, six one to two hundred pounds. So, I'd say the realistic answer of someone who's going to crush skulls, it's going to be Doug Marone. You might say, "Hey Ryan, I've seen that video of Andy Reid doing the pump, pass, and kick when he's twice the size of everyone else." <laughs> Great. He's grown up now. He's he just doesn't have the agility. But I would say, like, if we're talking straight wrestling. It's got to be Pete. It's got to be Pete Carroll. It's got to be Pete Carroll. I love the narrative. I love his ability to cut a promo when he wins. So I'm going to go final answer, Pete Carroll. All right, Pete Carroll to win the Royal Rumble between 32 NFL head coaches. Now that we got you all <laughs> amped up uh, without the smelling salts, why don't you tell us a little bit about your beef with the Ringer.com? Oh, you know, I, I personally. Uh, I think, you know, we kid because we love a little bit. We definitely consume a lot of their, their material. And in some ways, what Simmons and, and, and family are doing over there is kind of the, the righteous movement when it comes to sports. As do but we. As do time, we. Okay. 
Go ahead. No, no I, was go just, ahead. I was going to say, as do we, we take in their content, but please, please finish. But at the same time, they are, they, they are, they encompass everything we hate about the millennial hipster. <laughs> and specifically, you know, as, as everyone knows, Sean, big Eagles fan, at some point, he got into it with Robert Mays on Twitter. And, you know, Robert Mays, he may not be a punk bitch, but he certainly acted like a punk bitch. So, uh, also, hilarious bit. Like, the idea of us shoving people into lockers kind of grew out of that. Um, he, I, would, I would almost credit the ringer and Robert Mays for musing us towards that hilarious bit on the show. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's the beef. So now it's grown into this situation when whenever they do something questionable, we're of course going to attack them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely for 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 the show because I, I I unfortunately still consume a lot of their podcasts. Robert Mays, one of the original Daniel Jones haters, so I'm sure he's uh, really oh, eating yeah. his words right now. I love the uh, the handicap too. Go just going back real quick to the uh, the battle royal of the uh, thirty two head uh, coaches of the NFL, and I, I think you're right. Belichick fits the uh, dirtiest player in the game uh, <laughs> mantra there. Uh, going to the NFL, uh, Kramer, mortal lock of the week this week. Anybody you like? Oh, you know it's funny because I've gotten so many texts like, so how do we how do we not lose or how do we not just put all of our money on a a KC New England teaser this week. We were just it, talking it, about it's that. It's awfully, it's awfully juicy to see that and just say, man, how, how do we not, how do we not grab that? Uh, if you're looking for a single, like a single play action, unfortunately, like I'll give you, I'll give you a college spot too because as much as I hate UVA, there's no way they should be catching 12 and a half points against Notre Dame. But if you want me to stick to the NFL, I'm going to look no further than Thursday night or I'm going to give you Green Bay minus the four and a half points. I think this Philadelphia team is still riding on fumes and hype because they don't look good. They aren't getting pressure. They can't defend in the secondary. And Carson Wentz is not doing heroic things on third down. The receivers are dropping the ball. I believe they're leading the league in drops. So, I think they're a bit overrated. Meanwhile, no one is talking about the Packers' defense. They're, they're focused on the fact that the offense is, is not is not explosive. Aaron Rodgers not in full fuck you mode yet. That being said, I really like what the defense is doing to slow down Philly, and I don't think Philly's defense is going to be successful slowing down Aaron Rodgers at home on Thursday night. I probably should have warned you. We record on Wednesday nights, and we drop the episode on Friday oh. mornings. But uh, okay. is there anything else you're looking at on Sunday's card from the NFL? Well, it's good. keep this in if Green Bay covers and looks good, so I sound really smart. Yeah, we'll make <laughs> you look good. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I would say, um, you know, I'm looking at the, the sheet that Sean and I use. We're, we're getting ready to re- record tonight as well. And I see that I have a couple teams in the timeout section, and one of those is the Raiders. So what I would look to do is see, dial up that game. Who are they playing? Indy, nice. I like the construction of this team. I like the way that they're balling, especially at home. The running game is playing. The defense, hopefully Leonard can be back this week. Uh, and I've, what I've seen from Oakland is a team that wants nothing to do with playing football in the National Football League this year. So I would lay out Indy as a, a minus, I believe it's minus seven right now, Um and like I said, I think you can also have fun with some teasers this week. A lot of seven-point favorites against teams that have no business uh, winning those games. So uh, if you wanted to also tease Indy with Kansas City, with New England, I'm not going to get mad at you. 
Very nice. Good stuff here, Kramer. And uh, what's your thoughts on the news about uh, Calvin Johnson getting baked after games? I, I I tweeted this out shortly after I heard this news, and I, I simply said I, I always had a soft spot in my heart for Megatron. thought he was a great <laughs> football player. One of my favorite receivers, uh, just, just from watching uh, when I used to do the custom Madden drafts, I would always grab him on my team. I uh, really, really enjoyed him as a player. I, I love the fact that he – like, this is ridiculous. Most players get stoned after games. Listen, I, I couldn't imagine. I'm, I'm sore after a commute home from work. I want to get stoned. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's great news. I think it was interesting to hear him say out loud that the Lions asked him to lie about concussions. Um, that's not good for the league. But, yeah, as far as, 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 him, as him getting stoned a little bit, I, I would hope that most players are doing this for their pain management and not taking opiates. Right on. No CTE here. Shout out to Kobe Dent. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, let me ask you one last thing. We heard that you have an interesting theory about Julian Edelman's latest injury, his chest contusion. <laughs> yeah, he was probably working on some TB12 regiment, and uh, Tom Brady probably slipped and dropped his balls on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to think he's a little heartbroken based on the fact that they brought in Antonio Brown for a little bit. They tried to replace him. Yeah, he's a little butthurt, so I guess he's going to get all, all the looks this week. <laughs> Uh, Kramer, before we let you go, anything you have to plug here? Anything at all? God, yeah, you know, follow us on Twitter at Gambling Podcast. Check out the show. Uh, subscribe. And, uh, you know, I think we put out three shows a week. We put out a, a DFS show, a college show with, as you mentioned, the Dance Base, a.k.a. Colby Dance. And then me and my, uh, me and Sean do, uh, do an, our kind of our core show, which is the NFL Big Show. So I definitely encourage you, if you haven't listened, check it out. Uh, you guys can can attest to this, but you know it, it's uh, it's the show's at its best during football season. Yes, it is. All right, Kramer, it was a pleasure having you here. We kind of uh, finally completed the sports gambling podcast Mount Rushmore. We've had you know Kobe, we've had uh, Sean, we've even had Pina. So now that we've had you, we really got completed the process, guys. That was Ryan. Real Money Kramer, he's the co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Make sure to check them out. The show is freaking hilarious and packed with winning picks. You guys can follow them at Gambling Podcast and download wherever you get your pods from. Kramer, thanks for calling in, man. We hope to have you back on again soon. Cheers, guys. All right, guys, that was a super fun interview with friend of the pod, Ryan Kramer from Sports Gambling Podcast. Brock, it's time to make some picks here. I don't want to be toutish, but I was 4-1 and one last week, baby. Very nice. Is that Was that your game of the year? <laughs> no. Your whale play? No, no, no. It was not my mortal lock. Oh. Let's, uh, let's, start, let's kick it off as usual in the college area. You know, that's what I love to bet, so that's what I love to talk first. I'm looking at my first pick here. It's a Friday night game. It's a 10.30 p.m. kick. So you guys out here in New Jersey, you can uh, take your wife or girlfriend out to a nice dinner and uh, get her home at a reasonable hour and sit back and uh, sweat a game. I'm looking here at the Arizona State Sun Devils receiving plus four and a half points. They're uh, in California. Cal's 4-0. Arizona State is 3-1. Cal's ranked number 15 in the country right now, but I, I think they're a little bit overrated. This line did open at 5.5, so it is going away for me, but uh, hear me out. 
This is a little bit of a look ahead here for Cal because uh, they got Oregon coming to town next week. And ASU had somewhat of a letdown after that MSU upset last week because they, you know, they, they did lose the game, but they played very tough versus a pretty good Colorado Buffalo team. They ended up losing 34-31 late. I like this team, man. I like Coach Herm Edwards. I always handicap in college. My, my big things in college are the situations, the coaching, and the quarterback play. So the fighting Herman Edwards, man. I, I like their QB, number five, Jaden Daniels. I like what I see so far from the kid. He's got a great connection with wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, and he's a super deep threat. The kid could fly. And they have big, bruising running back Eno Benjamin, number three. That's the number I wore, and I always like to bet on a team with a player number three. What are you looking at here, Brock? Chris, you play to win the game. <laughs> Sorry, you mentioned Herm Edwards, and every time I hear that guy's name, someone's got to say it. Um, yeah, going to college football. So let's go to another game that you could definitely bet, and I see the line is still in play here, so it's not like anything moved crazy. I'm going to go and look at uh, game number 184, lay the points with Troy. The Trojans? Yes, was told to lay the points with Troy. They covered last week 17 with ease. Uh, that was pretty easy uh, for them. And uh, good matchup here. Uh, maybe you see the line get up to seven in some spots, maybe by kick. Um, but, yeah, six and a half, go for it. Take a chance. Go with Troy. Sounds juicy. Might have to tell you there on the Trojans. I'm looking here in my second game, Brock. Um, call me crazy, but I'm going to go against the Wisconsin Badgers. Big-time letdown spot here after a huge win last week versus Michigan. Huge is an understatement. Oh, my God, that game was over in the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? So they're now getting 24-and-a-half Northwestern in Wisconsin, okay? This line opened at 21-and-a-half, so we're already receiving a full field goal of value coming our way. These Big Ten uh, 12 p.m. kickoffs, yeah, these teams are used to playing at that time somewhat, but... I smell an upset here, man. Plus 11.75 on the money line. Wow. Big letdown spot for Whiskey after thumping Michigan last week. Like I mentioned, Northwestern lost on a last-minute safety last time they were here two years back in 2017, so you know these guys know how to play there. I love Coach Pat Fitzgerald. It's his 14th year under the helm. QB Hunter Johnson, this kid is mobile, and he can throw the deep ball. And junior Drake Anderson. Third string preseason has emerged as the main back. This kid is nice. Give me the Northwestern Wildcats plus 24 and a half. Maybe even sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Very nice, Chris. I like that uh, analysis. That sounds like a uh, a great spot to, to definitely take them there. I'm going to go to another game here for Saturday. Tell me what you think of this one, Chris. I was told again, and take another favorite this week. I was told lay the points with Notre Dame against Virginia. What do you think of that one? I like that. I like that. Notre Dame came out and they performed better than most people thought they would. I had Notre Dame to cover. They did. They almost won. They were, they were driving to, to win that game. So, yeah, versus one of the best teams in the country, Georgia. So Yeah, that game kicks off at 3.30 on Saturday. And right now, according to my handy-dandy trusty app, uh, right now looking like 52% of the tickets on UVA and 70% of the, the money on UVA. However, the line went from 11.5 to 12.5, which tells me uh, that Notre Dame should be the right side in that one. Love it, love it, love it. I do like playing Notre Dame. These kids look good, better than usual this year. Um, they do lose a lot of big big games to uh, Power 5 opponents in primetime and stuff, so uh, maybe this is their chance to really beat up on one of these mid-level guys. Um, 
My last play here, I always try to squeak out at least three college plays for you guys. Of course, I'm going with another underdog. Uh, it's Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. We got uh, two teams coming in at 3-1. and one. I really like the NC State Wolfpack, plus 7 versus Florida State. A little bit of a historical handicap here. The Wolfpack have pulled eight outright upsets versus Florida State since 1998. These guys uh, really know how to play versus the Seminoles. I like coach Dave Dorn, seven years under the helm. This game opened at four and a half. We're getting almost another game with a full field goal, plus two and a half points going in our favor. QB Matthew McKay is big and tough, 6'4", 210. They got a wide receiver kind of flex player named uh, Tabari Hines, and this kid is absolutely rocket fuel explosive. Running back Ricky Person can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm not really sold on Florida State, man. NC State looks solid against West Virginia two weeks back, who is absolutely explosive. They kept up with them almost the entire game until the fourth quarter when West Virginia pulled away. Don't forget, Brock, the Seminoles nearly lost to Louisiana Monroe in week two. NC State plus seven. All right, very nice, Chris. You got anything else for uh, college football before we head over to the NFL? Let's go over to the pros, baby. All right, let's go over to the pros and just want to Again, you you were touting uh, your record for last week, and you know you, you posted that video on Twitter of me giving my Bengals handicap. So the whole week, I was like, "Oh, please get this game right." People just saw me talk about how I thought Cincinnati was going to cover. Thank God they covered. Felt a lot better. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> after that game, they should have won that game outright. Actually, I think, but uh, you know, things happen. But gotta love it when the picks come through. Yeah, good teams win, great teams cover. Chris, that's what it's all about. So we'll go now to the NFL, and my first play right off the bat, I'm going to go with actually a total to start for tonight. All right. I usually don't do a lot of totals because usually the numbers are gone by the time uh, you know people listen to this and then they get to, to Sunday, they probably change even more. Um, but I think we have a good total to take a look at, and it's going to be an under. We're going to take a look at an under this week. It's the Miami Dolphins taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chris, I look at this game right now. It's going to be very hot in Miami. The Chargers are coming off of a loss last week against Houston. There is some talks that Melvin Gordon might be back for next week. I don't believe he's playing at all this week. They've still got to negotiate everything and whatnot, but they're saying that they're getting closer to an agreement. Um, I don't know. This Chargers team... I just don't I don't see anything out of them that I like. Um, I think they're they're coming into the season a little bit too high with expectations, and they are banged up all over the place. And then the other part of this is the Dolphins can't score. They're going to be home hosting the Chargers. Chargers are going to be coming all the way over East Coast, early time frame, hot, hot weather. Um, I think this is just a, a good case for an under here. I think this is going to be a slow-moving game, and uh, the final score could be like, you know, 2110 or something like that. Um, so right now I'm seeing 44. Uh, I think I would definitely take the under there. Uh, 44, if you can get 44 and a half with the hook, go for it. All right, we're looking at the under here from uh, Brock Landers. You guys can follow him on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Seems good. Uh, when I opened up my NFL card this week, I immediately looking at a team that I've been talking shit about all year, but that's how it goes in the NFL. you got to go from week to week, and you uh, you bet the number, not the teams. I'm looking at the Browns, plus seven. I like that. In Baltimore. I really do like that. Lamar Jackson, a little bit of a fall from grace, came down back down to earth last week, right. overthrowing people. Uh, 
you know, completion percentage not through the roof like it has been the first two weeks. And Cleveland, you know, got something to play for. This is a tough divisional game. We're receiving an entire touchdown. And I like a motivational handicap here, a motivational factor. Baker Mayfield has heard everyone talking shit about him for the last three weeks. So I think he's going to come out and put together a nice performance this week. Give me the Browns plus seven. Yeah, Chris, I'm totally uh, in agreement with you there. I think it's a case of uh, two teams on opposite sides right now. Uh, Baltimore, you know, they they played those first two games and looked really impressive. Uh, And then they obviously last week got into a pretty close game with Kansas City. That that game went down to the wire. I feel like they went pretty much all out on the road. Now they come home. Backdoor cover. Yeah, got to come home, lay uh, seven points now. Uh, to face a divisional rival, and I think it's the perfect time for the Browns. I think this line like a week ago was four or something like that, or three and a half. Everyone just saw the Browns lose Sunday night. Uh, they don't want any part of this. Baker's hearing from the critics now. Uh, you know, people are starting to get a little bit frustrated at, at what they were supposed to do. But keep in mind, the Browns were on prime time two weeks ago, Monday night. Had to come back for the big Sunday night game, the first in however many years they said it was. And, uh, yeah, I think now you're getting some extra value with the Browns in a divisional game. I think uh, they don't have to lay any points. They're not going to be the favorite. I, I think that's a great analysis from you there for uh, for Cleveland. Right on, dude. Uh, what are you looking at next? I got a side for you guys here to take a look at, and it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be as ugly as Miami, but we're going to take a look at the Oakland Raiders okay. this week. I was looking at that. Yeah. I really like this game, Chris. If you can grab a seven, grab it now. I think that's great value there. Look, I like Indy. Indy's been playing damn good. They came into this season, which was a huge storyline. Luck retired. Jacoby Brissett takes over. This team is still playing. They're exceeding expectations right now. However, a little bit too much too soon. Now they're being asked to lay seven points at home with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I do know the Raiders are bad. But this this number just seems way too inflated. If they lost last week to Atlanta, I think this would have been way down to more like three and a half, four. Um, now they're asking you to to lay a full seven. Uh, I know Oakland hasn't been that great, but they did have a little bit of a tough schedule there. They had to play KC. Uh, they had to play Minnesota. Uh, I, I think there's no reason why this game can't land somewhere in the three point area, or maybe even Oakland wins outright, catches Indy on surprise. Uh, and after I, I plus took, 270 on the money line. Yeah. And after taking a look here, uh, it looks like Indy will be going to Kansas City uh, in their next game. Oh, look so, ahead. Yeah. So we might get uh, a good Oakland team here that's fired up and plays a, a full 60 minutes and at least keeps it close. Sound analysis as usual from Brock Landers, guys. As always, you can follow him on Twitter at BrockLanders41. I only got one more play for you. I usually only come up with two NFL plays because uh, the college is more my forte. But uh, I'm going to stick with my uh, strategy that worked last week. I took a dog and a favorite, so I'm going to lay some points here. I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. I got to get some action in on this. I got to get some action in on Pat Mahomes. People, are, I think, are uh, going in on Detroit. They were a sharp play last week versus the Eagles, So I, and now everyone saw Detroit perform well. I'm going to zig when everyone's zagging here, go a little contrarian. Love it. When I, th- I think there's going to be some public dog money on Detroit somehow. And I'm jumping on this, man. Kansas City, under a touch right now here in New Jersey, minus 6.5. They win this game by two touchdowns at least, if not blow them out. Give me Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, minus 6.5. All right, guys, we're out of time on this edition of the Wager Pager podcast. Beat those lines and cash those tickets. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast.
All right, guys, that's it for season two, episode six. Thanks to our guest, Ryan Real Money Kramer and Captain Jack Andrews. And as always, thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers and the guys here at Van Borst Films. As always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. Here we go. The Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Vorst Films, edited by Van Vorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.